Hey everybody, John Finn, Church Without Walls International, C-W-O-W-I.org. We're, we're a house church network and in many nations around the world. We're, we're just a fellowship of like-minded people who celebrate the gathering of the saints the way they did in the pages of the New Testament and indeed for the first 300 years, which is where they rotated homes, they rotated leaders. And so because, because they're a core group of people, not everybody's going to host, not everybody's going to want to lead. But uh, the core group of people, uh, you know, will multiply. And then when they outgrow a house, they multiply out. They begin rotating among themselves and so on. Go to our website, learn about it. We've got videos, we've got articles, we've got, uh, and you can sign up for my weekly thoughts, which is a weekly teaching that comes out Friday mornings, um, U.S. time on a variety of different subjects. And it's in the headers there. It's in the lead in, uh, in that where we advertise my monthly teaching series, our meetings, Zoom meetings, conferences, things of that nature. CWOWI.org. Today asking the question about does God work all things together for our good? That comes from Romans 8.28, where it says, and we know that God works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Romans 8.28. And, and the question is, is that a standalone verse? Can we say that God's working everything together uh, in that way? And in the larger sense, we can say, you know what? The, the, the tribulations that we go through here on earth are just a prelude to glory. The, the things that we go through here are just are, are things that we go through, but glory awaits, heaven awaits. And so in that sense, we can say, no matter what happens to us here, God's going to work it out because in the end, in the final result, we're going to end up in heaven. But that's not how it's traditionally used and how it is commonly used and how it's perceived has turned many people off to the things of the Lord. They've thought of God as a, as a, um, one who is, is, you know, takes pleasure in the torture and, and agony of human beings or something. Many an atheist or, or agnostic or just unbeliever uh, has been victimized by, say, some tragedy in their life, uh, a, 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 taken, a person taken before their time, uh, a horrible diagnosis, uh, perhaps an abuse or neglect or something they suffered as a child. And some well-meaning Christian will say to them, you know, God works all things together for the good. And they will stop right there. And that person will hear God works all things together for good as blame. They will hear it as God taking credit for taking my mom, taking my spouse, taking my friend, a tragic accident that happened, the abuse I suffered when I was a child, you know, fill in the blank. And because that well-meaning Christian is just saying, you know, God works all things together for good. And so the person is rightly thinking, they have common sense. Why would I want to serve a God like that? You know, why, why would I look at the fact that, that, you know, God allowed this to happen and now he's going to work it for good? Why do you work both ends against the middle? Why, why cause an accident and then say, oh, I'm going to do it for your good? That's the kind of theology that, that goes to a ca cancer patient and says, well, God did this to you because he's trying to teach you something. It's like, no, 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 that's all wrong. So what I'm addressing today is specifically that misuse of the verse of Romans 8.28 and that thinking that says, well, whatever happening, you know, God is working out for his good. Yes, I understand in the big picture. I already talked about that. We're all going to end up in heaven who believe in the Lord. I got it. Got it. But how it's used in the practical is to blame God or link God to God allowed something in a perverted sense of a pleasure or something, and then he's now going to work all things together because he wants to teach us something. Now, that's not, that's not, that understanding is nowhere in the New Testament. You know, Jesus said in what, John 14, 9, he said, you know, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Um, 
<laughs> you know, in, in, in James chapter one and verse two, where it says to count it all joy when we fall into various trials and, and temptations and tribulations, James continues the thought in verse 13. And he says this, he says, now let no man say when he's tempted, tested, or tried that God's doing it to him. God's not tempted, tested, or tried with evil. Neither does he tempt, test, or try any man with evil. And then he goes on to say God, uh, or that man is drawn away of his own sinful desires and enticed. And then he, and then James continues in verses 16, 17, and 18 of, of James chapter 1. He says, don't err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variableness, neither even shadow of turning, not even a hint of turning in his character. That's what James says about the Father, that he's a good Father God, that only good things come from him. That don't let anybody say when he's going through a test, trial, or tribulation, temptation, that God's doing it to him. Uh, And and Ephesians, Paul agrees with this in Ephesians 2, 8 through uh, 10. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that isn't of yourselves, but it's a gift of God so that you won't boast. You think that your salvation came about because of your own works. And then in verse 10, he says, we are his workmanship. In the Greek word, that is the word poem, P-O-E-I-M-A, I believe, poema. And he says, we are God's poems uh, constructed by him, created by him for good things, which he has prepared for us to walk in. Uh, I could go on and on through the pages in the New Testament that all talk about the Father God being good. So how does a person lift Romans 8.28 and turn that around to say some tragedy and, well, God's going to work it around? In the big sense, he can teach us out of anything. The Father God is the master at, at teaching us out of tragedy, teaching us out of difficulty. We get low, we get sick, we get down, we get whatever, and the Father God is there to teach us things. But he wasn't the cause of it. It, you know, we live in a fallen world. We we have we have uh, bodies that aren't perfect. Uh, there are people around us that aren't perfect. So we have difficulties in life. It's part of the you know we live in enemy territory. You know, Peter said well, First Peter five eight. He said our enemy, the adversary, walks around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I mean, we live you know in a fallen world, so things happen to us. It's not always the devil. Sometimes it's just human nature. It's genetics. It's the way we are. It's it's the way the earth is for now. But um, but God is not the one doing it to you. So what does the that passage actually say? Well, Romans chapter 8 is a chapter made wisely by the interpreters because, you know, Paul didn't write in chapter and verse. He just wrote it as a letter. But Romans 8 says, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who who walk uh, according to the the Spirit and not according to the flesh. And he goes on to talk about the, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. And then he goes on into verses 15, 16, 17, talking about how we have uh, God's Spirit in us, recreating our spirit and and our spirit uh, his spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. Therefore, our spirit cries out, Abba, Father. And he goes on through that, and then he pick, comes to Romans 8.26. And so he's talking about the, the things which are in us, all the different things, that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, the fact that we've got the spirit of God who's recreated us, that our spirit man calls out, Abba, Father, and bearing witness that we are his children. He goes into a whole list of things that we have in Christ. And then he comes up to verse 26 and he says this. He says, in the same way, the Holy Spirit helps our infirmities, for we don't know how to pray for as we should. Now, this is this defines for us what our infirmity is. And I'm leading up to verse 28, so stay with me. In verse 26, he says, the Holy Spirit helps us uh, with our infirmities, for we don't know how to pray for as we should. 
uh, our infirmity is we don't know how to pray. I, I, I don't care if it's the person next door or next to you in your house. You really don't know what they need that day. The Father God who knows all things knows uh, what what they need, what their day will hold, and things of that nature. And so he says the Holy Spirit helps our infirmities. Now, it's interesting. Um, helpeth, helpeth in the King James, or helps our infirmities. The word help there is actually a compound word in the Greek. It's it's S-U-N or S-Y-N, which means, which means with. Then the word anti, A-N-T-I, which means against. So it's soon anti, uh, S-U-N, and then anti, A-N-T-I. And then the next word is L-A-M-B-A-N-E-T-A-I, Lambatini or something like that. <laughs> we'll ask Paul when we get to heaven. But it means, it means takes hold together. So that when Paul is actually writing, the Holy Spirit helps our infirmities. That word is really the Holy Spirit takes hold together with, against, our infirmities that we don't know how to pray as we should. So the Holy Spirit joins with us, Paul is saying, taking hold uh, together with against our infirmity, against our our lack of knowing how to, we just don't know how to pray. I know this is going a little long today, but stay with me. Um, in a visitation, I asked the Lord, why tongues? You know, why did the Father have tongues? It's so controversial. And he said this, he, he, said, he said, if you can receive this, know that for the most part, the Father and I work by invitation in the earth. And so I understand that, you know, the Lord really becomes involved in your life when you ask him to. And if you don't want him, then he'll, he won't. And he said this, he said, yet man was delegated the earth, but man doesn't know how to pray. So the Father had to find a way for man to pray effectively. So he gives him a language which he has never learned, bypassing his ignorance, and then fills that language with his intent and his purpose and his will, then man prays that back to him, thus completing the loop and making it a legal transaction. And that was the Lord's explanation. So that's what the Holy Spirit does, um, takes hold together with against. And and so it is with that then he's, that he talks about in verse 28, and we know that all things work together. Now, it's interesting, the, the all things if you look in the Ellicott's commentary and some of the other commentaries, they translate it this way, and you can read it in the Greek interlinear if you get in, if you really dig into the meaning of, of everyday first century Greek. Um, what he's actually said is it's not that all things work together for our good. What was actually written was God contributes in all things to work towards our good, to our ultimate good. Um, an, another thing that, uh, another way to do it is he works with all things to turn things for good. That's not the same as being the source of something evil and then happening. It's just acknowledging that the Lord will teach us and 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 bring things to a final successful conclusion. Yes, that's heaven, but it is not saying that God is the author of sickness and confusion and death and accidents and tragedies and everything in people's lives. Um, in fact, when he says all things work together, the word working together there is the word synergy. And synergy means a, a, moment, a gathering of momentum. In other words, a momentum is a singular event. Let's say you started to, you tripped coming out of your house and your momentum carried you forward and you landed on your knees on the ground and scraped your knees. The momentum you carried carried you forward. Synergy is lots of momentum put together, lots of elements that form, that, that are moving with a, with a, 
a momentum, but it's lots of elements together, and that's called synergy. And so what Paul is actually saying here in Romans 8.28 is this, that, that God contributes in all things to create a synergy for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So that is a huge difference. And he's talking about another way of looking at it is God works all these things together to complete this synergy, to complete this momentum of godliness going in our lives. And the reason you can say all these things is because he starts out in chapter one talking about the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, that we have the spirit of God, that the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit, that we cry out, Abba, Father, that we've not received the spirit of the world, but we received the spirit of adoption. And he brings in here and he says, and even in your ignorance, you don't know how to pray, but the Holy Spirit will come alongside you with tongues and, and the Father will fill that with his knowledge and you pray it back to him. And and, and these things can't even be uttered in, in regular articulate speech sometimes. Sometimes they're even groanings that you can't put into words, but they are God's mysteries. Um, as he said there in that passage, that the, the the Holy Spirit searches the heart of the Father God, and He knows what is the, what it, what He wants for us. And He says, and then He concludes in verse twenty-eight, and all these things are working together to build a synergy, to build a, a momentum in our lives for good for those who love Him. That's that's a much clearer, more full, uh, deeper understanding of Romans chapter eight that He's building point by point what we have in Christ. And he concludes, if you go to the rest of chapter 8, he concludes, he says, look, folks, nothing can separate you from the love of God, not height, depth, angel, demon, light, dark, you know, night, day, whatever the case is, tribulations, nothing can separate you from the love of God. He says, the scripture says, we're, we're like lambs carried to the slaughter. And he says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. So Paul is building this and right, you know, about two thirds of the way through is this Romans 8, 26 through 28. And it, he's not taking a singular point to say, hey, everything evil, God works around for good. He's making the larger point that all these things he's talking about work together to build a synergy in our life for good. Um, and so I hope that provides a, a fuller uh, understanding. Uh, you may think I'm, I'm splitting hairs here. But what I'm trying to do is separate out that we that we don't fall into the error of telling a person some tragedy happens and say, oh, God makes all things work together for good. Don't tell them. Deal with it in a real life, real life, common sense, practical way and minister to them and be there for them. In the larger sense, yes, we're going to heaven, but address the, the tragedy right there. And no, God did not do it to them. And, and things are allowed on this earth because it's a fallen world and we make mistakes and we step out of his will and, and some things happen just because it's a bad world. Um, but, but don't get them into a position where they think God is doing it to him because he's not, he's not perverted. He's, he's a good father who gives good gifts. And when you see it in that perspective, then you understand there's a larger synergy of godliness at work and all these factors of Romans chapter 8 working together for our ultimate good. As it says, God contributes in all things. He can teach us in all things. He's not the source of bad things, but he contributes to and he can teach us all things. Uh, but I hope that's a fuller understanding and, and you can discern the, the subtle differences there. But anyway, I've gone, I've gone on long enough. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye.